G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, when there is a state election, we like to keep listeners throughout all the states and territories around Australia informed, usually with a more refined focus on the social and ethical agendas of the parties involved. Well, tomorrow it is Queensland's turn for a state election. And for those uh, in other states uh, who are wondering about the Queensland, uh, the way that things sit politically, well, the incumbent Labor Premier is Anastasia Palaszczuk, who won government from the LNP almost three years ago. The LNP opposition leader is Tim Nichols, and the predictions are that Pauline Hanson's One Nation will have a strong result under the state leader, who is Steve Dixon. When Labor won power in a hung parliament, the balance of power has been held by two members of the Catter's Australian Party, Robbie Catter and Shane Knuth. Now, their electorates are in the north of the state. Shane Knuth is going to be joining us, uh, we're hopeful, very shortly, just in a few minutes from now, and uh, we'll check on uh, some of the uh, issues that are going on in his electorate and his impressions of both sides. We should be able to get a a good impression of both sides uh, when we talk to Shane Knuth, given that he has been right in the middle of all of the controversies in the state over the past three years. Uh, We're also going to be checking on some election facts and we'll talk about probable outcomes in some seats that could sway the election with Vision's election number cruncher, David Beard, who's going to be joining us. In fact, uh, say hi, Dave. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's also a special welcome into the mix for our conversation today, online social and political commentator, Dave Pello whose website, Pello Talk, focuses in on Christian commentary on issues of church and state. And so I want to make a special welcome to you, Dave Pello. Good morning, Neil and David. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. and uh, Fantastic. Dave, Still good. Dave's in on this as well. And uh, we're going to hear from Dave Beard very shortly when we start to talk some of the number crunching. Uh, Dave Pello, as we get into uh, a conversation about the Queensland state election, here we are. Uh, And on the eve of another election, a very important election and important in the eyes of the nation because it's not just a two-party race, LNP versus Labor, uh, but there are other parties involved. And what the big focus has been is this rise of the One Nation Party. I wonder as we just get things underway, uh, your general impressions of the way you've seen things develop so far as the election campaign's gone. Well, if you watched the debate between the three leaders uh, at the Broncos Club last week, you'll you'll see a surprise, and that was actually that Steve Dixon, the One Nation leader, performed very well. Now, it kind of went in his favour, the role that he had to play being the third wheel. He didn't really have anything to lose and everything to gain. He had no former record to to be criticised by um, either, either uh, of the others there. And uh, he did very well, um, I thought, in, across the whole debate. So 
There's been some ups and downs with their campaign, as there always is with a One Nation campaign. Some uh, disappointing moments, but uh, on the whole, they're definitely going to be the, the ones to watch this weekend. Dave, what is always unique about the way we at Vision tackle these sorts of election campaigns, and important elections as this one is, is that we're not only focused on those issues of economics, Mm. but also on values. And in your own online political commentary, you love to focus on the values of the parties. If we're talking about these parties that are involved in this election, so we've got the Labor Party, the Greens, the LNP, you've got the Catters Australian Party and One Nation. Mm. Uh, How do you feel about the values of those parties in general? And and, uh, we can can unpack some things as we go, but uh, the values as you look at those as a Christian commentator. Look, it's incredibly disappointing that the Labor Party and the Greens are both strongly in favour of abortion and they're not not just happy to leave it as common as it is at the moment with anywhere between 10 to 14,000 pre-born humans being killed every year, they're actually wanting it to become easier and more common. And I don't think that's something that any Christian can in good conscience uh, support, no matter what other things are are accompanying their election platform. I think that's a deal breaker. But uh, the LNP has said they're going to leave it as it is, illegal, and not seek to change it or prosecute anybody for it. Um, and uh, the Catters Party is the other ones that's uh, come out strong and said uh, they're not in favour of legalising abortion either. We are going to catch up in just a few moments with Shane Knuth, the Catters Party MP in Queensland. Before we do, though, uh, Dave Pellow, uh, you've been encouraging people to uh, do three things, have expectations of candidates. One of those, decide that your loyalty is to God before parties or candidates. People don't necessarily think that way, but it is a Christian way to think about elections. It's actually... Very Christian, but it's also, I mean, it's obviously Christian, our, our allegiance to God first. It's obviously biblical, but very pragmatically, it's something that we should have been doing for the last few decades. And because our loyalty has been to parties and to candidates, they've come to rely on that and subsequently take it for granted and subsequently betray it, that that assurance that we'll always vote one way. Instead of actually saying, okay, but I'm going to represent God, my family, and my nation's interests above my party loyalty or or brand allegiances, and I'm going to give every candidate in my opportunity, in my electorate, the opportunity to represent me and my family and my values. I'll decide to become an undecided voter. And even if I've got a party membership, I will vote and volunteer for whoever best represents me each, each campaign. If we don't make our candidates work for us and represent us, they've got no incentive to and will go out and find the undecided votes. The values are important. We'll talk some more about those as we get into our conversation through this hour. Most people, it would appear, make their decision on how good the potential Premier looks. And interestingly, when you think of Anastasia Palaszczuk, the current Premier in Queensland, I've heard her described as a very warm sort of a character, uh, almost like the tuck shop lady. 
<laughs> and then you've got this contrast to Tim Nichols, who's described as quite wooden in his uh, presentation. Uh, some people talk about some good strengths there, but, uh, but most people are making their impressions according to what they're seeing on the six o'clock news in the mm. evening. Uh, that's not always a clever guide when you're a Christian and you want to apply values to what parties stand for. It's not a clever guide for anybody uh, to to make major decisions about the future of our nation based on a warm, fuzzy feeling that someone gives you emotionally in a 60-second grab on TV at night is um, not very clever at all. It's far better to actually ask some serious questions and vote for people to represent you based on how they will represent you, not based on how they will make you feel. You, We need people who will deliver Australia a direction and not just be a good host at a dinner party. We need people who will bring electricity prices down, fight for justice, and make sure that Australia is the strong nation that the foundation of Christian values have brought us to be so far. We're talking through issues. The Queensland state election is on tomorrow for Queenslanders and for others listening right around Australia, keeping up to date with what's happening in one of the more important elections that will happen this year and perhaps for the next three to four years. We're going to be taking calls a little later on. Right now, though, let's welcome to 2020 Shane Knuth, who is with the Catters Australian Party, the member for Dalrymple, the candidate for Hill because there's been a redistribution there. Shane Knuth, welcome along to 2020. Good morning. Shane, uh, I know that you're very busy today, as every candidate is when it comes to a state election. Uh, Let me uh, just start off uh, something a little bit lighter. Your boss, Bob Catter, a little more concerned about crocodile numbers in North Queensland. Is that something that uh, you and Robbie share? Yeah, well, look, um, you know, we've taken a very strong position on this, we've got water holes um, that um, you know our kids used to swim in. Now they're lucky to be alive if they swim in those holes. Lake Placid, the kids used to do somersaults on the, the pontoons, and uh, now you know if you swim onto that pontoon, you're lucky to be you know alive. And uh, the crocs are a big issue, and we've got domestic animals taken every week uh, with people people's lives at risk. We just had a five metre crocodile hanging around the boat ramp there, and some of the kids were near that boat ramp there, down there at Innisfail uh, mm. two days ago. So it, it's a big concern that this has grown over the years where the crocodiles are in infestation numbers and uh, all that we're getting from government is another count you know, or another study. Uh, we really need those crocodiles moved and if we can't move them, then we've got to cull them to reduce the numbers. So we really want to claim back our waterways and that's what the KAP is about. Is it fair enough to say that crocodiles are a election issue in your electorate? Um, it is a big issue. I've got two different areas. Obviously, um, electricity prices are um, a big, you know, big issue. Um, you know, crocs are a big issue in the um, the coastal areas of my electorate. Uh, the you know, cost of living and uh, high cost of insurance they are big issues, and they're, they're issues that um, the KAP are addressing um, at this present moment, and uh, will continue to address. Um, but um, when we uh, look at um, up here in the north, obviously. We want to see that, um, you know, appropriate balanced funding, you know, um, uh, from Brisbane is also provided for the North Queensland because we've been sort of missing out for year in, year out. And when you see a $6 billion um, rail tunnel uh, that's only five kilometres long and a billion-dollar aquarium, that's $6 billion, what we're saying is that we want half of that 
uh, for North Queensland because it's been 30 years since we've had a major infrastructure project. Shane, let me ask you about your holding the balance of power in Queensland over these past few years. Uh, And uh, really, uh, your loyalty has been to the Labor government to ensure that Labor has had the numbers to govern. Uh, But as someone who, at this point, on the verge of another state election, how do you see those two parties? You have had the good and the bad and the ugly from both sides. Uh, You've been dealing with the Labor Party. Uh, You've been dealing with the LNP. Uh, When it comes to the day before an election, uh, where do you think... Uh, apart from the Catters Australian Party, that people ought to be uh, thinking, and uh, for our listenership as Christian voters, uh, where do you think we ought to be looking for to put our loyalties? Well, one of the things is is that I I will always wish that we did hold the balance of power and uh, we didn't give um, you know um, supply and confidence to either party, and that uh, in the end Peter Wellington ended up um, providing that confidence of supply. Uh, the strength that we had was when, um, um, you know, they kicked Billy Gordon out and Rob Pine left, but we still never had the balance of power um, at that time. But we were able to manage to work with government, work with opposition to get good outcomes for our region. And so I, I, I believe that this is going to be a lot tighter than what it was in that last election. Uh, dealing with both parties um, and, um, you know, the issue of the age of consent uh, whereas both major parties support, um, you know, both major parties supported the um, the policy of reducing the age of consent for sodomy, and uh, myself and Robbie Carter, Carter, we're the only two that actually uh, opposed that. But in you know working with um, both parties, what we will be doing is um, uh, putting forward you know twenty at least twenty or twenty two of our policies. Uh, we'll be um, saying that if you can meet these policies that suit the interest of rural and regional Queensland, we're prepared to govern with you. So I don't want to sort of um, look and say that this government is better than that government. We have to weigh those options up at the, at the time. And uh, we put those 21 points to the, uh, the Palaszczuk government in that last election when they needed those numbers. We also did the same to the opposition, and that's what we will be doing. So we're not out there to campaign for any particular party. We're campaigning for the interest of rural and regional Queensland. And we're also campaigning for, you know, um, what's in the, the, the best interest of this state. Shane, uh, let me ask you about uh, support for parties, because there is a very clear differentiation between Labor and the LNP on a lot of social ethical issues. Uh, talking about things like uh, safe schools or uh, issues to do with abortion, to do with uh, approaches to euthanasia. And I know that uh, from uh, electoral uh, surveys that have taken place of recent times, Christian values surveys, that CAT has has, uh, really come in on somewhat a more conservative side uh, and on the side of values. Uh, How how important are values uh, where you would put uh, your support uh, if there is a a hung parliament again? Look, you know, um, this is a very important aspect of the the decision-making. And uh, this is something that we do and will bring to the attention of those you know, parties, which is very, very important. Um, and, and probably looking at the, um, the number one um, issue that are ever, ever coming our way. And we have the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship Group that's um, a combination of Labor and uh, people. 
uh, when we do get a guest speaker, sometimes, you know, even if we get the Archbishop, you know, of Brisbane, you know, you get a respected for the people that will turn up, uh, you know, to listen to hear what he has to say. And um, we've, um, we've um, constantly, um, you know, um, with those uh, Christian fellowship um, practices that we do have where these Christian parliamentarians do meet, um, you know, we, we share something very much deep in common. And uh, we understand that um, the, the parliament is there to get um, uh, outcomes for outcomes or fight for what is in the best interest of your regions. Uh, whereas the um, the Christian Fellowship Group is there to um, ensure that um, the the Christian aspects and uh, Parliament is there for um, ensuring that there is a good, solid Christian foundation, you know, that is laid. So, you, look, you get one and the other, um, and um, you probably probably say that one party might have stronger views than the other, but I think that we need to uphold those values to uh, ensure that. Um, you know, the Parliament has a good, strong um, um, base of uh, Christian people in there. Certainly, we honour you for being part of that uh, Parliamentary Christian Fellowship. Uh, let me ask you, Shane, uh, if predictions are right and one nation rises so significantly and with the proposition that they may even have 20% of the vote, uh, what do you think that will mean for uh, the Labor Party and the LNP? And uh, for yourself, of course, uh, you'd be perhaps even sharing some level of balance of power there, but uh, what will it mean for one nation rising? and everybody trying to distance themselves from the idea of forming any form of coalition with One Nation? Well, um, in that last election, they were telling the people of Queensland that they will not do deals with the KAP. And um, when uh, it came to negotiation of government, they couldn't wait, you know, race to the 10 fast enough to um, sign up. And so it, it's always a different world. You, you, there's a, a lot of energy, a lot of... Um, Resources putting in fighting an election campaign, and uh, the last thing you know, both opposition parties, you know, whether it be the, the present government or the opposition, the last thing they want to want is going back to another election. And so, both of them are looking for some alternative dialogue with the crossbenchers, which they did in that last election. We had, um, uh, you know, in the end, uh, Peter Wellington sided with the, the Labor Party. Um, we had told the Labor Party then that there'll be moments where they'll need us, and uh, in the end they did. Um, they acknowledged that. But we were able to work with the crossbenchers, we were able to work with the opposition, and we were able to get, uh, such as the sugar marketing bill over the line, you know, um, been able to uh, cleverly put um, policy in place, put amendments in place, and uh, work to get an outcome. And now we've got security with kangaroos stretching from Port Douglas right through to the Sunshine Coast, as a result of getting that sugar marketing bill over the line. And uh, you and Robbie Catter are both very popular uh, amongst those North Queensland voters. Uh, let me ask you, before I let you go, uh, your prediction for the outcome tomorrow, and uh, and I think you've got uh, no motive other than your own election to say which side uh, uh, perhaps uh, you would have some preference for their getting up, but what, what do you think, uh, in all honesty, uh, is the likely outcome, given that you're uh, you're testing voters on the ground and uh, and seeing where they're going to vote. What are, what are your thoughts about the outcome tomorrow? Well, um, just in my election here, uh, this is not number six for me, and uh, every election that I fought has been against the odds. They had um, abolished my seat. They've cut it up in three different areas, and uh, I now um, keep a third of my electorate, which now 
takes in another 19,000 constituents. But, you know, already I've delivered a, num- a number of good things for that region, such as the sugar marketing, such as funds for the Palmerston High, which is not in my electorate. Been working with the Tully community. Shane, um, in an overall sense, uh, where do you think the, uh, the votes are going to go tomorrow? Can I just say this, is that I've been through the two swings when uh, they come out with uh, baseball bats to get rid of the Bly government, they come out uh, with baseball bats to get rid of the Newman government. And uh, we're not seeing that massive swing. And uh, at this present moment, Labor's got 42, the LNP's got 41. You're not going to see huge changes within um, both major parties, but you will see the um, people like One Nation probably pick up, you know, two or three, maybe four seats, and that is a possibility. Uh, we're hoping the KAP to pick up, you know, from um, at least four seats we believe that we're confident in picking up. So you could see um, a, a, um, a hung parliament, and I think that that is a good thing, particularly when we've seen legislation smashed through by major parties. Mm. At least this will give a little bit more robust debate, and at least this will give a little bit more dialogue with government dealing with... Um, the crossbenches that are really there to represent, you know, what's in the best interest for that. Okay, Shane Knuth, uh, predictions of no big swings, uh, and it looks as though you're saying uh, that Labor might well just get across the line uh, with a hung parliament and support of minor parties, which might include the Catters Australian Party and One Nation. Shane Knuth, uh, the member for Dalrymple, of course the new redistribution uh, creates the seat of Hill. Uh, you are the candidate in Hill, and Shane Knuth, uh, certainly appreciate your uh, taking some time to share your thoughts with our listeners today here on 2020. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's our preview of the Queensland state election and good to have along with us in the studio, David Beard. Hello, David. G'day, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. Dave, you are our uh, resident vision number cruncher when it comes to all elections, whether they be local elections, state elections, federal elections. Uh, what are some of the things you've been monitoring along uh, that could be influential in the way that the outcome might happen tomorrow? Well, I've just noticed there's been a significant redistribution, Neil, and for those in other states, in Queensland, there's only one House of Parliament. Uh, there's no upper house. There's no House of Review. So the size of the parliament has increased from 89 seats, which has been like that way since 1986, to 93. So uh, all 93 seats have had an elector enrolment within this uh, permitted 10% variation from the state average. And so a few seats have been abolished, including Dalrymple. We've just heard from uh, the Catters Australia Party uh, candidate uh, Shane Knuth. And so he's contesting the new seat of Hill. Uh, so that was being divided into several electorates. And it, it, before this election, uh, Labor had, uh, uh, well, at the 2015 election, uh, Labor had 24, uh, sorry, 44, the LNP 42, Catters Australia Party 2, and Independent 1. So adjusted after the redistribution, because there's a lot of seats that have changed, uh, Labor mar- uh, notionally have 48, the LNP 42, the Catters Australia Party 2, and the Independents 1. So the LNP is starting from behind for this election. What did you think of uh, Shane Knuth and his thoughts that there won't be any wild swings uh, and therefore he's suggesting that perhaps the Labor Party will come in with a majority? Uh, the the polls are suggesting that, that, that Labor just might get over the line by a few seats, but 
uh, there's many that are that are line ball. The other interesting factor, Neil, is that full preferential voting has been introduced. So both major parties don't really know the the the, the, the repercussions of this, and it means that voters for the first time in a Queensland state election must choose between and order all candidates and parties on the ballot paper. So that's that's also another interesting factor. Everybody has to number every square. David Beard, we'll hear some more from you shortly as we talk through some of that number crunching. Dave Pellow, when we reflect on uh, some of those things that were being talked about by Shane Knuth as a catters party, uh, what were your thoughts overall on his responses to some of those issues that are going on in Queensland? I recently went up to far north Queensland and it's the first time I've ever been there and it was a, a delightful visit. But something somebody who lives in southeast Queensland never, ever sees is crocodile warning signs on the highway, like just a, a normal overpass across a dry creek um, in in southeast Queensland. You think nothing of it, but then you're in the car and driving down the road and there's this sign that says, watch out for crocodiles, don't go Basically, don't get out of your car. Don't go near this dry creek bed. You know, in rainy season, I'm sure it's not dry. But the the environmentalists, the environmental extremists' impact on policy is extreme and it's anti-human. And, and I really feel for the north, far north Queenslanders who are losing livestock and, you know, places where they can even swim in the water and, and just enjoy the environment that we have been given to take care of. And uh, I think they're onto a winner there with um, a lot of their regard for trying to get some sensible management, farming and relocation of, of those crocodiles. Interesting ethical issue raised with the whole crocodile issue uh, is that uh, crocodiles are considered more important than the safety of humans. And that does reflect something of the way that. Australians mm. have been moving uh, where the value of human life, and you mentioned earlier, uh, issues of abortion and, uh, of course, euthanasia is on the table uh, in Victoria. Uh, these sorts of things devalue human life, and it's actually illustrated in the way that crocodiles are given preference. Yeah, it's there's so many examples of it, of this extreme ideology that puts people at the bottom of the list of, of important things, the, the value of human life, even the discussion about electricity prices, we're talking about um, possible problems which are highly contested. And in the meantime, we're having a very real impact on the actual lives of people. People are dying in Australia from exposure to cold because they can't afford to turn the heater on. We are going to continue our conversation after Vision National News and I want to invite listeners into our conversation. We will have some time to take calls in the next hour after Vision National News. And as we go up to news, just to point people to the Christian Values Surveys. We began talking about these on Monday. Uh, there are some websites you can go to, and this will be most relevant for Queensland voters, but the Australian Christian Lobby has a, a very comprehensive survey of the parties and the candidates. You can go to the acl.org.au site, and you'll be able to find a link there for the Queensland Votes 17. There's also the Christian Values Checklist at christianvalues.org.au. It's simple 
one-page review of who believes what across all of the parties that are standing for election. And then there's the Family Voice Australia survey at fava.org.au. We're back with more after Vision National News. As you know, in Queensland, the incumbent Labor Premier is Anastasia Palaszczuk. She won government from the LNP almost three years ago. The LNP opposition leader is Tim Nichols, and the predictions are that One Nation will have a strong result under the state leader, who is Steve Dixon. Uh, two guests in the studio with me, Dave Pello, who is an online social and political commentator. His website is called Pello Talk. You can go to DavePello.com. And also David Beard is with us, our vision number cruncher when it comes to all things elections. If I come to you, uh, Dave Pello, uh, when we talk about getting ready uh, as a Christian believer, and this is the unique way that we are approach elections here on Vision as Christian believers. Uh, there's some things that you are encouraging your viewers online to do, and you mentioned a little earlier on that we ought to have a loyalty to God before political parties or candidates. That's always uh, an ideal. It's not always easy to do. When you're saying to people that you ought to be a swinging voter, and this uh, whole focus of what has happened, especially over this past 12 months, People becoming very much more politically savvy as a Christian. And they're saying, what ought I be doing? There's one thing to have a belief in what you might do as a Christian and be politically engaged. But you're encouraging people. It has to go a little step further than that. You want to see people actually active and involved, physically helping to see Christian candidates or those candidates in those parties, no matter what party, if they're holding Christian values, to get across the line because that's where influence really happens. Yeah, and you uh, corrected a, a very important um, distinction. It's it's not just semantics, but I encourage people not to vote for Christian candidates because it's just the same as voting for somebody because of their skin colour or, or their gender. What we need to vote for is not for who the person is, but what they will do in government. That's that's what we're hiring them, getting them to represent us for, is to how will you vote on the floor? Because my local member um, has said that he will do whatever the electorate wants him to do with regards to homosexual marriage. Now, that's not representing me. That's representing a whole bunch of other people. But he's a Christian. So I want to know how will you vote on certain issues? And and so that's that influence that we can't let them take us for granted. They firstly need our support. He would want my local member would want a thousand Christians to support him and give him the strength and the backing to do the right thing. And he doesn't have it or he doesn't feel he has it. So what Christians have everywhere across Australia is an opportunity in a free democracy to not just vote but to influence both their politicians and their neighbours. And this is all a practical expression of loving our neighbour. Loving uh, the Good Samaritan loved the neighbour on the road. He was the good neighbour by being practically inserted into the solution. He didn't just wish him well and, and pray for him, which would have been effective and helpful, but he also practically inserted himself with uh, time, effort, money and a long-term interest. So what politicians look for and what they really, really treasure, the currency that they will take to the bank and be influenced by is firstly votes, but also the very, very rare resource of volunteers. Now, every single one of us has to go and vote, and we should, even if we didn't have to. So we might as well stick around for an hour or two 
And once we've chosen the best person who represents Christian values, they may or may not be a Christian, but if they represent Christian values, they represent us and we represent Jesus, then we should help them get elected as much as possible, not just with a vote, but with an hour or two. We're talking you know, once every three or four years for the different state and federal elections. It's not too much to ask, but if we could say in every electorate we've got a 1,000 volunteers who will come and help you represent our electorate, win the job because we've decided you're the best person for the job. We decide individually, all seeking to represent Jesus, and most of us would end up with the same decision. And that would create a supply which candidates would be seeking to tap into to help them win government. For some people, what you're saying is really challenging because as a Christian believer, you somehow or other have to feel as though the candidate that you are likely to support is a Christian. But you're saying it doesn't matter whether they're a Christian or not. That's if right. they are standing on a side which supports Christian values, yep. uh, which you can ascertain by looking at some of these Christian values checklists that we've been talking about, and we'll give those websites again in just a short while, you're saying that it makes a huge statement when you decide that, say, you're voting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, that, uh, that for the next two hours after that, for the candidate that you're going to vote for because of their values, uh, you've got your hand up and you'll wear their T-shirt, you'll hand out their how-to-vote cards, yep. uh, even though you might not necessarily uh, know of the faith of that person. Yep. What you're doing is making a huge statement that holds that candidate accountable mm. to holding to those values because... There's a small army of Christian believers who'll get on the side of someone who'll stand for those Christian values. That's right. It's it's a massive currency that can change things. And, you know, we have to get beyond our religiosity, which says only Christians can serve Christians. Uh, you know, Daniel talks about God ordaining the affairs of nations. And we see in Daniel that uh, Cyrus was made king of Babylon and used for God's purposes for righteousness and to favor God's people without himself being a righteous man. And that's a fantastic thing. We can't limit God into saying he can only use Christians. But at the same time, we can massively influence non-Christians or people who may not be Christian to represent Christian values and righteousness and justice. Because it's it's like gravity. These laws just work for everybody, and even non-Christians can acknowledge them and cooperate with them and benefit our whole nation from them. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Our focus is on the Queensland state election that's on tomorrow in Queensland. Let's take a call. Jim is in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Jim. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. How are you, Jim? All right. Thank you, mate. Listen, um, you know, obviously economics and everything are extremely important, but as I look back through down through history, it seems to me that what dragged down so many people in the past was their morals and um, and things like safe schools and so on that to me are a real danger and we know that Labor have come out and said and uh, spoken in support of it. I just wonder why other people haven't been more vocal in, in their opposition to it. I know, some, I know uh, uh, Tim Moose has said it, it won't be in, implemented if he's uh, put into power but Shouldn't we be making more of these sort of things? 
Well, you know what? Uh, there are some very good outlines, and uh, when you check those Christian values checklists, this issue of safe schools is one of those prominently surveyed, and you might be surprised uh, who stands where in your own electorate. As I look at the one-page Christian values checklist, uh, I can see that there are green ticks when it comes to uh, supporting the values on the side of the safe schools on resisting that uh, from the Catas Australian Party, from the LNP, and even from One Nation. But there are some red crosses in the Labor and the Greens when it comes to their support for safe schools. Uh, your your uh, response for Jim in Logan, uh, Dave Pello. Uh, Jim, Hello. thanks for your call. Logan is the hub of the universe. I'm a resident of Logan. And uh, you're absolutely right, of course, that uh, safe schools is a pernicious ideology, a a not far removed from pure child abuse. And I, I don't know why we're not all incredibly vocal about it. If if uh, they were injecting our kids with heroin, it would be just as dangerous. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, we do need more people to be vocal about it. And I'm grateful and thankful for the people that have been. Uh, like yourself, but yeah, the more the merrier. And we especially need people to be talking to their candidates about their concerns. And we don't need to argue or persuade them. We just need to say, if you oppose safe schools, you've got a good chance of getting my vote and my volunteering. Jim. Well, that's exactly been my attitude. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Jim from Logan, thank you so much for your inputs. Our talk back line is open on 1-800-316-316. 1-800-316-316. How closely have you been following some of the economic issues, uh, issues to do with uh, the electricity prices in Queensland, issues to do with the environment, uh, the protests against the Adani coal mine and uh, the ideas of people... Uh, of which party stands on the side of building new power stations and, and the 50% renewables that the Labor Party has has committed to. What are your thoughts on the economics and are there Christian views that we can apply to the economics of the parties that are involved, Dave? Uh, great questions, Neil. And um, I love economics. I love reading economics. I love learning from history about the the theories and principles that work in the book but don't work in real life and, and then those that do work in real life. Renewable energy is intermittent energy and it's not what makes electricity grids work. Renewable energy has to be subsidised because it's not economical. It's expensive and if we're going to end up with, like South Australia, the most expensive electricity in the world, then we should do what South Australia does and aim to have really high percentages of renewable energy. 50% renewable energy targets are just ridiculous. Now, if the market can do it, then why not do 100%? If it's cheap, efficient, economical, good for everybody then let the market do it. But if the government has to subsidise it, all that's going to mean is either our taxes go up incredibly or our electricity prices continue to go up incredibly in the subsidisation of this intermittent, unreliable and expensive energy.
Now, let me change tack again here. We're talking about the Queensland election. And uh, for those in Queensland, undoubtedly you have watched uh, journalist after journalist have a fixation on uh, the LNP because of the possibility of forming a coalition with One Nation should One Nation get uh, a significant vote in Queensland and secure some seats tomorrow. Mm. Uh, The description of that being a chaotic situation, of course, Tim Nichols has been saying, that, well, he's going to work with whatever parliament the state delivers. What are your thoughts on this fixation of of how dangerous it might be for a coalition between the LNP and One Nation? Well, mainstream media's postures regarding anything can be taken generally to be the opposite of truth. And so their alarmism about a potential One Nation influence in government um, should be taken with a pinch of salt. Now, I actually kind of like what Anastasia Palaszczuk had to say, and credit to her for having the courage of her convictions. Something I call for uh, in all our, our politicians is tell us what you stand for and then live or die by that position and uh, let us elect somebody who actually believes what what we want them to do for us. But she's really, really put bet the farm on saying it's going to be this. Now, I have to say um, every single politician ever has has said they will not form coalitions and then they always have when it comes down to it they've you know accepted supply or or things with a minority government um they always say they they won't do it and then they always do after the election now as much as i respect anastasia having the the courage of her convictions i, I don't respect her position when people elect representatives that's the people we want in the parliament and if you want to be in opposition, great, be in opposition. But if Tim Nichols wants to, you know, be premier with a hung parliament and accept supply from the representatives that different electorates have uh, elected, then that's very democratic. That's representative, and that's just accepting the umpire's decision. The umpire being the voters of of Queensland. Let's take one more call. Chris is outside of the state of Queensland in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Am I on? You are. Yes, Chris. What are your uh, yeah, thoughts? I just like to. I'm from Victoria, and I'd just like to encourage people to vote for Pauline because she's like as Christians. You know, they call her a racist, a bigot, when truly she's just a, she's just a patriot. And I, I think Pauline will be much more accessible to Christian leaders than than any of the major parties. So I think you know they have a chance. Uh, Christians let themselves down when they didn't support Christian parties, but they have a chance now to support someone who, who'd be much more aligned to Christian values than the rest of them. Uh, Good thoughts, Chris. Uh, Pauline Hanson doesn't say that she is a Christian, uh, that I'm aware, and uh, some of the people that surround her, uh, you might... Uh, cast uh, some sort of a shadow over some uh, character issues, perhaps potentially there. Uh, Your thoughts for Chris, Dave Pellow? Yeah, I I don't disagree strongly, um, but I'd probably say examine your local candidate rather than um, the federal senator for Queensland, Pauline Hanson. Um, The state leader for One Nation's a a good guy, and the candidate in your electorate may not be. In In my electorate, the candidate is a good guy. He will oppose safe schools. He will oppose abortion. He will oppose euthanasia. And that is not all of those are party positions. So I'm actually more inclined to put him further up my preferences because he actually deviates from One Nation. Um, lack of policy is is, is accurate. Um, they, they don't have a policy position on euthanasia and abortion. Um, 
So, yeah, a, another opportunity to highlight the importance of questioning your local candidates and ranking them on how well they support you. Thank you so much to Chris. And uh, let me just give those websites for the Christian Values Surveys. There's comprehensive surveys and the way that parties and candidates stand. If you go to the Australian Christian Lobby site, acl.org.au, you'll find a link there to their Christian Values Survey. There's also christianvalues.org.au and the Family Voice Australia Survey at fava.org.au. We're back with more in just a few moments. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Often people will say, I've got a whole lot of candidates in my community. I don't know whether they're Christians. I don't know what they stand for. I'm just going to vote for the one who looks the nicest on the how to vote form. Well, that might not be very wise. And as a Christian believer, you might take a stewardship approach to that and say, I need to find out about what those candidates believe. And you can do that. I'll give those addresses in just a few moments for some of those surveys for Christian values. Dave Beards. Vision's own number cruncher when it comes to elections. Uh, Dave, uh, the most important things that we ought to be looking for tomorrow when it comes to the numbers. Uh, I've had a look, Neil, and I'm thinking that uh, you spoke to Shane Knuth there from the Catters Australia Party before, that uh, Robbie Catter in Tregar uh, around Mount Isa and Charters Towers and Shane Knuth in the Atherton Tablelands uh, for the seat of Hill will get returned. So the Catters Australia Party should have two seats in the new parliament. It looks like One Nation will win two seats. Uh, the polling has them in front uh, in, in Gympie, uh, taking the seat from the LNP, and the Thuangoa, which is a Townsville seat, uh, and taking that one from Labor. Uh, the latest news poll has them uh, 54 to 46, so which is very interesting, and the Catters Australia Party is preferencing uh, One Nation in that seat. So that's where the balance of power could lie with the two Catter Australia Party members and the two new One Nation members. It's not looking great for Steve Dixon in Butterham, so he might be looking for another position. Uh, with the LNP, probably the best chances are in Bundaberg and Mundingborough. Uh, the Bundaberg uh, c- candidate has been buying up land in uh, Tasmania and she had a problem that she didn't pay her rates and a car rego, so that hasn't helped. Uh, plus, uh, One Nation is preferencing the LNP in Bundaberg, uh, as well as uh, Mundingborough. And Burdekin is looking possibly a, a good chance for the LNP and Maryborough. Uh, Palmerston, and, and uh, you may not know, uh, for, for days, because it's so close and there's a number of uh, candidates there. So my, my prediction is, just cutting to that, because I know time's against us, is that it could be the LNP on uh, 45, Labor 44 with two Catters and two One Nation. So it's going to be a very close election and it'll be a long night uh, tomorrow night. It will be a long night perhaps and uh, the fact that there's only one house to vote, uh, one set of votes to count uh, might mean that in some sense it could be quicker than some other states. Uh, overall impressions, down to prediction time, Dave Pellow, uh, what are your thinking about how things might come out tomorrow? Look, it's it's able to be said at every election, and this one no less than any other, but this is a critical election. If we return a Labor Party government, we return a government that will promote safe schools, abortion, and euthanasia. These are the most critical issues facing us, and it is likely. Uh, the polls have them in front. Today's Galaxy poll in the Courier-Mail has them uh, 52 to 48 on a two-party preferred basis. We can't relax at this late stage. 
Um, we don't have to number every box the way the parties tell us to. We do have to number every box, but you get to do your own thing. You get to number them according to your preferences. Nobody controls your vote except you. We have to make sure that we take every opportunity to vote for Christian values if we think that a Christian heritage is as good as a Christian future for Australia. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I think at this late stage, if, if Christians don't get out en masse and really make a difference in their electorates, we're probably looking at uh, Premier Palaszczuk continuing in the job. Okay, and important to make your decision as to who you're voting for before you arrive at the polling booth and you're handed those how-to-vote cards, uh, thinking that uh, I make my decision on the day. These Christian value surveys we've been talking about, very easy to access, very easy for people to just go to a website and to be able to make mm. an assessment about the parties, about the candidates. And, uh, and when it comes to these uh, people who've put these together, it's not coercive mm. uh, one side to the other. It's just looking at the candidates and how their values fit with Christian values. Uh, we have run out of time. Let me give those three websites and you can go to either one of them and you'll find good information about the parties and about the candidates. I'll talk about the Australian Christian Lobby one first. It's very comprehensive. Australian Christian Lobby. You can simply Google that or go to acl.org.au. There'll be a link there for Queensland Votes 17. You can also get a one-page, very easy to assess Look at what the parties will think uh, for the Queensland election at christianvalues.org.au, christianvalues.org.au. And then there is the Family Voice Australia survey at fava.org.au. Check out one or all three of those, and that'll give you a Christian values assessment of where the parties and the candidates lie. Uh, thank you so much to Dave Pellow. Point people to DavePello.com. And uh, thank you to David Beard, our number cruncher for this morning and our update on what's happening with the Queensland election. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.